This is Archbishop William Laurie of Baltimore, and you are listening to Catholic Review Radio on 1160 AM and 103.1 FM WMET, the Guadalupe Radio Network. Catholic Review Radio is a weekly radio program and podcast hosted by Catholic Review Media, the news operation of the Archdiocese of Baltimore. We are grateful to our Catholic partners for the opportunity to bring quality Catholic programming to our listeners each week. Welcome to the first broadcast of Catholic Review Radio on 1160 AM and 103.1 FM, WMET, Guadalupe Radio Network. We are your regular hosts for the show. I'm Christopher Gunty, Associate Publisher and Editor of Catholic Review Media, the publishing arm of the Archdiocese of Baltimore. And I'm George Matisek, Digital Editor for the Archdiocese of Baltimore and Catholic Review Media. We're grateful to to WMET and Guadalupe Radio Network for the partnership that allows us to bring our show to you. Most of our shows will consist of interviews with prominent Catholics, people in ministry, authors, entertainers, and folks from all walks of life. We will also report news from around the Archdiocese of Baltimore. For this first show, our special guest in the second segment will be Baltimore Archbishop William E. Lurie. But first, let's talk about some of the guests we have coming up in the next few weeks. George, who have you got? We've got a lot of great guests lined up, Chris. One of the guests we have is Sean Callahan, who is head of the Baltimore-based Catholic Relief Services, which is the International Humanitarian Relief Agency for the U.S. bishops. And Sean is going to talk to us about the relief efforts that CRS is doing during this time of pandemic. Uh, it, there are a lot of challenges faced in the developing world that are very different from what's going on in the developed nations. So Sean has a lot of information for us about that. Sean's a great interview. I talked to him several years ago about Mother Teresa because he served with Catholic Relief Services in India while Mother Teresa was there. And in fact, he got ill and she helped him get the medical help he needed and get home. So yeah, he is a good incredible. interview. He's incredible. And the work that CRS does is really amazing. I also have Father Bob Levitt, who is the former uh, rector and president of St. Mary Seminary in Baltimore, and he has an award-winning book about the new evangelization. So we're going to talk about what exactly is the new evangelization. There, uh, there's a lot of definitions for that, and, and he'll help us understand that a little bit better. Uh, I also have Phil Cly, who is a New York Times bestselling author. He's a Catholic Catholic author who was raised by Jesuits. He went to Jesuit high school and he was very influenced by Jesuits in his writing and in his worldview. And he'll talk about how, how his uh, Catholic Jesuit worldview kind of shapes his writing, especially as it relates to his coverage of uh, issue, issues of war. So he really explores topics related to war. We also have Bob Wicks, who's a clinical psychologist, who will talk to us about how to deal with some of the stresses brought on by the pandemic. And we also have someone from the St. Vincent de Paul Society in Baltimore. And we're going to talk about Camp St. Vincent, which is an outreach to homeless children in Baltimore. And because of the pandemic, they're going to be doing that program a little bit differently this year. So we'll learn about how you have a camp for homeless kids in Baltimore during times of pandemic. That sounds fascinating. Some of the guests that I have coming up are musician uh, and singer-songwriter and steadfast Catholic Matt Marr, who is known around the world for his music. He sang 
for Pope Francis and four million of his closest friends at World Youth Day, uh, especially the one in Rio de Janeiro in uh, Brazil. And Matt and I talk about a lot of different things, including how he's dealing with the pandemic. But the other important thing is how his music has evolved over the years, from a parish musician to a full-time contemporary Christian musician. And Matt has uh, really had a great career in that. So we're going to talk with Matt about a lot of different things going on in his life and, and what shapes his music and how his Catholic faith has an effect on that. Another guest coming up is George Weigel, who is a well-known author. And George has a new book coming out called The Next Pope. And he's talking about the process that will lead to the election of the next pope and what qualities uh, that he believes the cardinals will be looking for. So we're looking forward to that coming up in early August. We have a lot planned for you, and we're hoping that you will enjoy Catholic Review Radio on WMET. If you like the show, one of the best ways to follow it is to, of course, listen on WMET on Sundays at 9.30 a.m. and 4.30 p.m., but the show is also available as a podcast posted to our website after the original broadcasts on Sunday, and it's also available on most of your well-known podcast programs and apps. We're also blessed to have two other contributing hosts who help out with the show. They include Father Brian Nolan, who's the pastor of St. Isaac Jogues in Baltimore, in the Kearney section of Baltimore. And he, he always has a lot of great guests. And we have Father Stephen Roth, who is the vocations director for the Archdiocese of Baltimore. And Father Roth focuses on issues related to vocations and how you hear, hear the call to religious life or to other forms of vocations. So uh, Father Roth always has good guests as well. We really appreciate having those those folks help us out. That is usually the third Sunday of the month. Uh, one of those priests takes the, the microphone for that, and we're grateful to have their support as well. As we move forward, we're looking forward to having you as listeners. We'd like for you to comment and uh, let us know what you're thinking. The best way to do that is to comment on our website. You'll be able to find the shows at catholicreview.org. And you'll be able to look for the, the radio shows there and be able to comment. If anyone out there has an idea for a guest or a topic for the show, you can email us at radio at catholicreview.org. Again, that's radio at catholicreview.org. Thanks, George. We're looking forward to talking with our listeners every Sunday on 1160 AM and 103.1 FM WMET, Guadalupe Radio Network. Catholic Review Radio will air at 9.30 a.m. and 4.30 p.m. on Sundays. Coming up after the break, we'll have a chat with Archbishop William Laurie of Baltimore. You are listening to Catholic Review Radio. from the Archdiocese of Baltimore and around the world with a Catholic Review. The 2019-2020 school year was unlike any other. The class of 2020 in the Archdiocese of Baltimore's Catholic high schools gathered as expected for classwork, liturgies, service projects, and sports until mid-March, when the coronavirus pandemic slowed much of the United States. Their institutions shuttered, students became pioneers in remote learning and online mass. Graduation celebrations were held as drive-by events or with social distancing in place. Several Catholic high schools will be hosting commencement exercises in the coming weeks. Adaptability became a must for the class of 2020, 
as exemplified by three of its members who are featured in the July issue of the Catholic Review and at catholicreview.org. There is a young woman who is a cancer survivor whose move from Oklahoma to Bishop Walsh School in Cumberland had already been adversely affected by a plant closing that required her father to relocate one more time. The top student at Notre Dame Preparatory School in Towson, who will attend the University of Notre Dame in South Bend, Indiana, later this summer, is planning a career in pediatrics. She rallied not just her classmates, but the entire school as the community came to grips with the pandemic. And a young man from Archbishop Curley High School in Baltimore, who waited more than three months to be baptized and come into full communion with the Catholic Church. His college career, incidentally, is already underway as he reported for class at Syracuse University in New York as part of their soccer program. Our coverage of the class of 2020 also includes a sad footnote on the permanent closing of the Institute of Notre Dame, the oldest preparatory school for girls in Maryland after 173 years of operation in Baltimore. We look back at its rich history and its traditions through photographs as well as an Amen essay from a Severna Park-based alumni who's a rising sophomore at Manhattan College. With great pride, the Catholic Review staff would like to announce they've been recognized as News Organization of the Year by the Maryland, Delaware, D.C. Press Association for the second consecutive year. You can see a list of awards from the 2020 Virtual Awards Ceremony, as well as the many stories we cover at catholicreview.org. As we celebrate our country's independence this 4th of July weekend, please be safe. And if you're out in public, be sure to wear a mask when appropriate and wash your hands often. From the virtual newsroom of the Catholic Review, I'm Kevin Parks. You're probably not getting much church news in your daily newspaper or on your local TV station. The Catholic Review is the only publication in the Archdiocese of Baltimore that covers the Catholic Church full-time. There are so many ways to stay in touch with the Catholic Review. Pick up the monthly magazine at your parish or have it delivered to your home. Get fresh news every day online at catholicreview.org. Subscribe to our e-newsletter for twice-weekly updates. Just text CR Media to 84576. Follow the Catholic Review on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Catholic Review Media will inspire, teach, inform, and engage you wherever your faith takes you. Read it today in print or online at catholicreview.org. That's catholicreview.org. You are listening to Catholic Review Radio on 1160 AM and 103.1 FM WMBT, the Guadalupe Radio Network. We are back on Catholic Review Radio. I'm Christopher Gunty, Associate Publisher and Editor of Catholic Review Media, the publishing arm of the Archdiocese of Baltimore. An important part of our show each week will be interviews with newsmakers and entertainers, Catholic authors, and folks doing all kinds of great ministry. In that vein, we have a very special guest with us for our first show on WMET Guadalupe Radio. Welcome, Archbishop. Well, hello. I'm Archbishop William Laurie, the Archbishop of Baltimore. And uh, I want to say a warm word of thanks to the folks at WMET uh, for making possible this excellent Catholic radio programming and for giving 
the opportunity to convey God's word of faith, hope, and love uh, to a wide audience. So from my heart, a warmest, warmest thanks. Thank you, Archbishop. There are some really good things happening in the Archdiocese this summer. In June, Pope Francis appointed Father Bruce Lewandowski, a redemptorist priest who is pastor of Sacred Heart of Jesus, Sagrado Corazon de Jesus Parish in Highland Town, as a new auxiliary bishop of Baltimore. How much are you looking forward to his Episcopal ordination August 18th, and how will he assist you in your ministry? I am very, very much looking forward to Bishop-elect uh, Lewandowski's uh, ordination as a bishop. Um, Father Bruce um, has shown himself to be uh, a wonderful pastor, certainly for the burgeoning Latino population at Sacred Heart in Highland Town, but also far beyond that. He has a heart for the poor, the needy, he has a compassionate heart, but he's also very effective in ministry and in, if I may say, getting things done. And so I'm very much looking forward to working with, with him in a new way as a fellow bishop. Uh, I, I am certainly looking forward to um, his strengthening and expanding his role in the growing Latino community throughout the archdiocese. But I also think that he will bring a beautiful perspective to all the people of the archdiocese. First and foremost, uh, the special charism of the Redemptorist Order. It's a missionary order. It's, it's an order that is filled with uh, the zeal and love of St. Alphonsus Liguri and the holiness of St. John Newman, who was ordained a bishop in Baltimore in 1852. Um, so as you can see, I'm most enthusiastic and uh, very much looking ahead to the wonderful work that uh, I'll be doing together with uh, the bishop-elect. You recently appointed a new interim director of the Office of Black Catholic Ministries, uh, Sharita Thomas, and a team of consultants to help implement the action steps you laid out in your pastoral reflection, The Journey to Racial Justice. Why is it so important for the church and our whole community, really, to address this systemic racism that's going on? The events uh, surrounding the murder of George Floyd and the many incidents that are like it all around the United States, including the death of Freddie Gray here in Baltimore, um, should be for us a wake-up call. It's one thing, it's a very important for us to uh, express our, our, our shock and our outrage and uh, to um, lift up the problem of systemic racism uh, in our wider community, but also in the church. It's another thing to begin addressing it uh, and addressing it in a way that aims at more permanent change, changes of attitude, changes of mind and heart, true conversion, but also transformations of communities. 
And so the point of doing these consultations across the archdiocese is to engage in structured, fruitful conversations aimed at conversion and change. Um, if one lives uh, in a fairly um, isolated uh, environment where we are only with those who are like we are. So we work with those who look like us. We socialize with those who look like us. We go to church with those who look like us. Um, we might think to ourselves, well, gosh, I, I'm not a racist. The reality is we, we might be opposed to racism at a theoretical level, an intellectual level. But when it comes to the way we live our lives and the attitudes that are hidden below the surface, we might be surprised, shocked, even dismayed to discover in each of our hearts a fair amount of racism. Question is, what do we do about this? One of the things we have to do is to learn to listen to other people's experiences. Take those experiences seriously. Not just to sympathize, but to ask questions. How ought to be different as we go forward? You wrote two pastoral reflections on racism, uh, and the U.S. bishops wrote a, a very strong pastoral letter against racism. Have you seen some, some things coming from that, some fruit coming from that already? I think that the aim in writing a pastoral letter is uh, not to say the last word on any particular subject, um, but it is uh, first and foremost to provide a resource, a resource for uh, preaching, a resource for prayer and reflection, uh, a resource for discussion. So the pastoral letter journey toward racial justice is meant to be a tool to help guide these structured conversations of which I speak. I think that these efforts, these pastoral letters, do help to raise consciousness. But I also think events like the tragic death of George Floyd bring the issue back home to us, front and center. And one of the things that is a chronic problem is when something really bad happens, like the murder of George Floyd, we put racism on the front burner and we all focus on it. When that fades, instead of going to more serene and mature reflection aimed at making changes that bring us together in a new way in our diversity, we instead put the issue on the back burner and let it simmer. And that's not what we should let happen this time. This time should be different. I hope and pray to God it will be. This show is going to air the day after uh, Independence Day, July 4th. Uh, some people have made the question about whether to open or close churches during the pandemic about religious liberty. That's an important cause for you, I know. But So what's your response to that? First of all, let me say that uh, religious liberty is a very important value. It, it travels together 
with freedom of assembly and freedom of speech. So just as we have enjoyed, I don't mean had fun, I mean just as we have made use of our God-given freedom of speech and assembly to protest against racism in all its forms, so too we should equally value our right to come together uh, freely to, to worship. None of our freedoms are absolute. All of them have to be used in a way that enhances our dignity as individuals and expresses that dignity, but also serves the common good. Public authorities have the right and the duty to prevent really bad things happening from large numbers of people. The pandemic was one of those situations. And so we frankly didn't need the governor or county executives to tell us we needed to close our churches. We understood that. However, we did want to be as cooperative as we possibly could. And I think that's pretty much true across the United States, diocese over diocese. Now that we are reopening, I, I think that we want to do that in a very, very responsible way. Uh, for the most part, I think uh, we're finding very fine cooperation among uh, our elected leaders. We had a little hiccup, I'll call it, in Howard County, where the uh, direction from the county was to prohibit all food and drink associated with worship. That obviously um, excludes celebrating the Eucharist, but that was solved practically overnight. Where I think we begin to feel uncomfortable is when we see the rules to beat down the pandemic being enforced differently across different sectors. In other words, having religious groups and religious gatherings, let's say, treated different than sporting events or other things like that. I know a lot of people have chafed at calling religion non-essential. The reality is that has a technical civil meaning and it has nothing to do with the immense value of our religious faith. So by and large, I have not experienced religious liberty challenges in the closure and reopening process. Uh, I think if anything, we're finding our own people are being careful and cautious about how they're coming back to mass. But I do look to the day when we'll be able to ease at least some of the restrictions and be back together as a community of faith. I also want to add this. It's uh, been a blessing that we have the live stream masses and all the other ways of communicating during this pandemic. These are things we didn't have years ago. For example, when the Spanish flu struck and 1918. But there's also a hidden danger. And it's this, it, if you're watching mass on your couch, drinking a cup of coffee uh, in your pajamas, 
well, that might feel a lot more convenient than dressing up the kids and, you know, uh, packing them off and getting out the door and getting to church. And there might be the temptation to say, this is the wave of the future. Online masses are a blessing, but they are no substitute for the real thing. It is really important that we work hard and in a united way to get back to church as soon as we reasonably can and start receiving the Eucharist once again, which is the source and summit of our life as Catholic Christians, uh, the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus. Uh, it is very, very important as well that uh, we make use of the sacrament of reconciliation, particularly uh, those individuals and families that normally go during a Lent and didn't get to go this Lent. It's time to do a little remedial work, if I may say. And it's uh, time that we re-knit in person the bonds of faith and friendship that are at the heart of every parish. And uh, I know our pastors are, are being good stewards, very cautious, very careful, very responsible, but at the same time, uh, we've missed being with our people and we wanna see our people back. Again, the byword is as soon as we can reasonably, safely be back together. That will be a good day. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Archbishop Laurie. We look forward to having you back as our guest for future shows. Thank you very much. And uh, thank you, uh, Chris, for all you do to proclaim the word of God through the media. Thank you. This is Christopher Gunty of the Catholic Review. Thank you for listening to Catholic Review Radio on 1160 AM and 103.1 FM WMET, the Guadalupe Radio Network. Tune in next week at this same time. The Archdiocese of Baltimore makes the protection of children a leading priority in its parishes, schools, and other ministries. The Archdiocese seeks to keep kids safe through training and background checks and by implementing a zero-tolerance policy for anyone credibly accused of abusing a child. For more information about the Archdiocese's efforts to keep our children safe, please visit www.archbalt.org accountability. Next week on Catholic Review Radio, George Matasek talks with Sean Callahan, President and CEO of Catholic Relief Services, the official international humanitarian agency of the Catholic community in the United States, about CRS's response to the coronavirus pandemic. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Catholic Review Radio. As we prepare for the week ahead, let us do so in prayer together as one community of faith. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Let us also ask the blessing and intercession of our Blessed Mother as we pray, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. 
May Almighty God bless us and keep us always in his love.